0: We were just eating so many mushrooms that I think my wife and I were like, all right, well, I can't eat all these. Like, let's (laughs) see if some other people want that. That kind of birthed our business. So at first, I just started selling mushrooms on Craigslist. I remember this one guy from Lakewood rode his bike all the way over to get, like, this little thing of lion's mane. And when he showed up, he just like ate it right there on the spot. <laughs> so I was like, whoa, you're supposed to cook this first. But <laughs> right, like right then and there was kind of when I realized like there's a market for this. Mm-hmm. I, th- I love doing it. And it just it kind of closes the loop on a lot of this agricultural waste. So most of our products are grown on what some people consider a waste product. And it produces really healthy, nutritious food.
1: This is Lit and Lucid, your after work de stress smoke sesh podcast.
2: I'm your host, Lit.
1: And I'm your host, Lucid. And we're going to take you on a journey
2: a journey to discover the truth and find the balance.
1: Every week, we get deep on those thought provoking topics that ooze out of the cannabis universe.
2: But we also keep it real by illuminating important issues and people in today's culture.
1: So kick back,
2: consume your favorite cannabis products, and get cozy, cozy in the, the Lit, Lit
1: and Lucid, Lucid lifestyle. lifestyle.
2: Welcome, everybody, to the Lit and Lucid podcast. We are here recording another episode of the show. Today, you guys, we're switching things up a bit. We're going to talk about another one of our favorite topics, which is mushrooms. Today, we have a very special guest from right here in Denver, Colorado, Gary Hefferly. He is the founder of Fresh from the Farm Mushrooms. Whether it's growing, cooking, eating, or selling mushrooms, Gary does it all. So we are super excited to learn more about cultivating mushrooms and more on the medicinal and nutritional values these mushrooms have to offer, which I'm sure is super endless. Uh, But with that, welcome, Gary. Thanks for being on the show.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. So um, it's actually fresh from the farm fungi. Um, So we're here in local Denver, Colorado, and we're a, a gourmet mushroom farm. So we grow about 15 different varieties now. Of gourmet mushrooms, and all of our mushrooms, we cultivate on sawdust, so it's a little bit different than your your typical mushroom. Um, but that really allows us to grow all these different varieties, and um, you know, each one kind of has its own unique flavor and different properties. But um, I really appreciate you guys having me on, and I'm excited to talk about mushrooms.
1: Absolutely. No, mushrooms not something that we get to talk about enough on here. So, you know, we're stoked to have you on today. And I know we got a bunch of questions just to to learn about the mushroom world, really. So uh, we're going to switch things up, though. We normally ask if our guests are cannabis consumers, but we got a, a unique one for you today. I want to I want to find out, you know, what is your favorite mushroom?
0: So my favorite mushroom is probably Piapino or lion's mane. Mm. Um, those ones are super flavorful. I mean, I'm I love all mushrooms though. So I'm not too, too picky. Um, (laughs) but you know, I feel like every mushroom has its own unique properties and I'm also a big cannabis consumer. So, um, (laughs) I feel like the two go hand in hand and especially here in Colorado, I feel like the cannabis industry kind of set up the mushroom industry and it's really a blessing, you know, being a cultivator, because a lot of the equipment that came out for cannabis cultivation was like refined over the past 10 or 12 years. And I personally use a lot of like the grow tents and the fans that are manufactured and the price to do it now is, you know, so much um, lower than it was 10 or 15 years ago from the people that I learned. So it's a really easy way to break into the industry. And there's, I feel like the cannabis industry kind of paved the way for that. So I'm really grateful.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're totally right. Yeah. And later, we're going to discuss a lot of the similarities between the cultivation styles of both and kind of how you kind of made it here, really. I'm curious, though, you know, let's go all the way back to the beginning, you know, Gary, where where did your interest in mushrooms really start? And where did this where did this whole thing kind of begin?
0: Yeah, so I guess I'll go way back my uh, my educational background is in medical technology. All the way back from college, I was always working in the lab. So I did take quite a bit of mycology courses. they were mostly like clinical mycology. So I was working in a hospital and a blood bank. And then when, when I graduated college, my wife and I, she was my girlfriend at the time, we took a road trip. Um, I'm originally from Buffalo, New York. So we traveled all across the country and like a little Jeep Wrangler and camped <laughs> out. We, we just fell in love with Colorado. We, we spent a couple nights in, um, Glenwood Springs and it was beautiful. <laughs> so we decided to, um, make this our, our home and we moved out here probably in October, 2013. So that was like prior to uh, recreational legalization, but. We did check out like some medical dispensaries and I'm, I've always been a proponent of cannabis. So as soon as I came out here, I got a medical card and um, I was really interested in growing cannabis. And I did that for quite a while. And I worked at a human tissue lab in Centennial. It's called Allosaurus. Mm-hmm. So we would procure stem cells from different human tissue and we created different medical products out of that. So it was pretty cool. I learned like the sterile technique. Mm-hmm. We we wore, I, I like to call them like spacesuits. It was like <laughs> full BSL for lab and very sterile. So that helped a lot to develop those skills for mushroom cultivation because one of the most important aspects about growing mushrooms is that they have to be sterile. So I did that for a couple of years and my my supervisor at the time, he moved to California and there was like a lot of changing at the company. So that was right when cannabis became legal. And I decided to kind of leave that industry and join into, you know, this emerging community. So I got a job at one of the larger cultivators here in Denver, and I, I tissue cultured over 85 different strains of cannabis. Wow. So we had a really big library of all these different phenotypes and doing the plant tissue culture also taught me all about, you know, mushroom tissue culture. It's very synonymous with each other. So after that, we we kind of bred all these different strains and my, my pro- part of that project was over. So I decided to move on to a different part of the industry. And I got into a cannabis testing lab. Mm. So I was the supervisor for a microbiology lab and I tested for different yeast and mold and salmonella and E. coli and any of, you know, the pathogenic microorganisms that could be on cannabis. And during that time, you know, it was awesome. I got to see a brand new startup especially from like a laboratory side, I got to, like, really feel how everything operates. And microbiology is very time sensitive, just like mushrooms, you have to, you know, do your transfers at a specific time. So that trained me a lot, too. So I was just really grateful for all the different opportunities. And it kind of led me to where I am today. But I, I started off just as a hobby grower, um, probably about six or seven years ago, I tried growing some button mushrooms in my garden, and then that kind of failed. And I'm kind of the person who I don't really like to fail, so I just doubled <laughs> down and like I got really deep into the hobby. And after a couple years, like we were just eating so many mushrooms that I think my wife and I were like, "All right, well." I can't eat all these. Like, let's, if some other people want yeah. that, that kind of birthed our business. So at first, I just started selling mushrooms on Craigslist. I remember this one guy from Lakewood rode his bike all the way over to oh get gosh. like this little thing of lion's mane, and when he showed up, he just like ate it right there on the spot. So I was like, "Whoa, you're supposed to cook this first, But right, like right then and there was kind of when I realized like there's a market for this, Mm -hmm. I, I love doing it. And it just, it kind of closes the loop on a lot of this agricultural waste. So most of our products are grown on what some people consider a waste product and it produces really healthy, nutritious food. So that's kind of how um, fresh from the farm fungi came to be. And it's where we're at now. So we have a bunch of projects Um, going on but right now we're focused on the farmers market it's like really busy season for us so if anyone in denver is listening um we're at the cherry creek farmers market on every saturday and then we also sell our mushrooms at the co-op at first on first and sheridan yeah
2: That is so cool. I I love that you're a cannabis consumer as well as have experience in the cannabis industry. When we first met you, you know, I I don't even think it clicked to us or I didn't even think about it that you might be into cannabis as well, which of course, you know, most people who are into mushrooms kind of into cannabis too, but that's very cool. And I also love that your educational background, the technical aspect of all of those things kind of helped you along the way. I know Jared has kind of dabbled into mushroom cultivation himself and the inoculation and keeping everything sterile is like super serious. And you have to have some sort of background. Jared has a background in biology, so he was kind of teaching me like we gotta have the gloves and you gotta do all these things. So
1: I still failed. I still <laughs> right. failed. I was gonna say yeah. when you said, you know, you, you you failed the first time, I was like, I feel like most mushroom growers <laughs> probably fail the first time because it's so hard. Yeah. And I thought yeah. I thought your experience really anybody who's listening and anybody who's tried mushroom cultivation is probably going to be like, Gary's probably like the superhero of like mushroom cultivation just because of your experience. And I just want to kind of highlight why some of that's important. And, um, you know, you can kind of go into, you know, why sterilization is so important with mushrooms, but I love the tie-in where you had to go work at a, a lab, a testing lab, and you're literally testing for like yeast and microbials and Uh, All these other things that then you turn around and grow like a fungus, you know, and it's like, it seems so like counterintuitive, but all these things are just, it's nature and they all work together and they all coexist. And in reality, you know, there's, there's mold spores and fungus and different things all around us every single day. And uh, a lot of these things just kind of stay in balance just because of nature and, you, you know, you don't think of it, but trying to cultivate mushrooms or essentially a fungus, Um, Is actually pretty challenging because of contaminants and and different things. And uh, like you're mentioning, like the lifestyle stages and it's it's like really challenging work. So, you know, how did you kind of come about to be able to do this like commercially and kind of like a repeatable process, I guess?
0: Yeah. So I guess this is kind of where I can explain things from a cannabis growers perspective. So, yeah, um, the most important thing In growing mushrooms, I would say is the cleanliness. So the first thing I bought was a flow hood um, just because I knew I'd be growing a lot of mushrooms. So I have like this little uh, filter, it's a HEPA filter. So it filters out 99.9% of particles and it essentially makes the air sterile. So most of my work is performed in this flow hood, but kind of the parallels between um, cannabis and mushrooms both of them are broken down into different like phases during the, the life cycle. So for mushrooms, you have the, the mycelium, which is like, essentially it's the roots of the mushroom, but it's actually the whole organism. Just it, it's, it's seeking out its nutrients. And you can compare that to like a cannabis clone or a seed. It's the very beginning stages. So for mushrooms, you start off with either spores or I actually breed my own mushrooms. So I'll, I have an Etsy page called Fresh Fungi, and we have a bunch of different varieties that I clone. And you can either um, grow them on a petri dish or you can grow them on a liquid culture, which is just honey water. So it's like a suspended version of the mycelium. And that's kind of comparable to a clone for cannabis so then after it goes through the the mycelial phase you're going to transfer it from a two-dimensional surface so the important part about the petri plate is that you can see the health of the mycelium so you don't want any contamination like yeast or mold or bacteria so you only want the single organism so then you'll take that and put it into either grains or a sawdust mixture, and that's called spawn. So that's going to feed the mushrooms long-term. So the, the Petri dish is kind of just checking the health and then it goes into the next substrate. So that would kind of be compared to like the veg stage of cannabis. So this is where the mushroom is getting bigger, it's getting healthier, and it's getting ready to produce its fruits so in a in a mushroom commercial setting it would go from i have a bunch of uh rolling racks where i'll leave my bags to colonize so all of my substrate um we use these biodegradable bags from this company called unicorn bags in texas and it contains the the mushroom inside these little bags and once they fully colonize they'll turn white and then we cut slits in them. And then we bring them into a high humid room, the the fruiting room, and that's where they produce the mushrooms. So I guess that would be like in cannabis when you go into flowering. So it would be either you move into a flowering room or you just turn your lights to 12 on and 12 off. So it's very similar to cannabis, but you have to be very careful with You know cleanliness contamination and that's kind of um the name of the game so and i would also say that mushrooms grow a lot faster than cannabis (laughs) so even even cannabis some of them you know you can get 15 weeks or 20 week um strains but mushrooms can can fruit and then fruit again within six weeks so there's like almost two or three times as much harvest which It's just a faster pace at that point.
2: Interesting. So can the different species like live next to each other? Is there like cross-contamination or how does that work?
0: Yeah, yeah. So right now I have two different grow tents, and they're kind of um, set at different parameters. So there's some colder weather mushrooms. There's some warmer weather mushrooms. And then one of the biggest factors for fruiting is called fresh air exchange, So mushrooms, they breathe out CO2 like humans and they, they taking oxygen. So Hmm. when the CO2 levels get too high, they'll start to get deformed and weird. So there's different like microclimates inside of the same tent. And I'll try to align the mushrooms in like the best parts of the, the tent. So I can probably do about five or six different varieties, but ideally in the future, um, we'll definitely have like individual tents per species so that we can control it a little better, but they're pretty resilient and I've had, you know, some good success so far.
1: That's pretty crazy. I did not realize that, uh, mushrooms kind of respirated like humans. Compared, yeah. Like cannabis so, plants is the opposite. They take up carbon dioxide and release oxygen, right?
0: Yeah. So that is what really, um, you know, gets me excited sometimes because you can plant like a tree or a canvas plant inside of your grow room and they're going to help each other because the plant's going to breathe off oxygen and then the mushrooms will breathe off co2 there's actually a couple products that they sell these bags of fungus and it breathes off co2 so you can supplement your grow room with mushrooms
2: oh my gosh
1: that is so cool how cool is that
2: I didn't know that at all. That's amazing. And
1: isn't it something like a thing too, or like in like a wilderness setting where the mycelium kind of helps to transport nutrients and stuff to roots of different plants?
0: Yes. So um, there are, that's called a mycorrhizal relationship. So that's a little bit different. The mushrooms I grow are saprophytic, which means they they grow on the dead matter. But there are some mushrooms, like morels are a famous one, um, chanterelles, and they grow... In a symbiotic relationship with the roots of the plants. So cannabis, they do have some um, mycorrhizal relationships, but none of those mushrooms or none of those fungus grow mushrooms. So there's a there's a product called, I think, Great White, where you can buy powders of these mycorrhizal fungi and they help kind of bridge the gap between the the tips of the roots and the nutrients, and they help with the exchange for for the nutrients.
1: That's so cool. And then I also see on your Instagram that you guys were uh, doing some stuff like outdoors too, like uh, trying some stuff growing outdoors.
0: Yeah, yeah. So King Stropharia is a really easy outdoor one. We're actually gonna be doing some kits with that, but we've been working really hard for a couple of years now to cultivate morel mushrooms. So it's one of those, you know, Codes that can be cracked. Um, there's a couple of places in the United States that are doing it now, and China has been doing it for a few years. But it's very finicky. Um, there, it has to go through like a, a freezing process, and it has to have the right symbiosis with the plants and bacteria. So there's a lot, of, a lot of moving parts that go into it, which it just makes me appreciate that you know those mushrooms even exist in nature, like. What are the chances that all that is always, you know, at the perfect amount and relationship with each other that it produces mushrooms naturally. So we're just trying to to mimic that.
2: Yeah, that sounds difficult.
0: Yeah, <laughs> to say, <laughs> to the, say least.
2: the least. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, I know from our experience, anytime we bring up the topic of mushrooms, everybody just automatically thinks we're talking about psilocybin mushrooms. Do you get that a lot?
0: Yeah. And, you know, I'm all for that. I'm, you know, a big fan of people being able to explore, you know, the mental space. And there's a lot of research coming out now from Johns Hopkins that is showing, you know, significant improvement in people with PTSD and just, you know, valuing life in general. I've had some experiences in the past and it just opens up your mind to, to nature and, Kind of different perspective on life, you know. I feel like it's it's coming down the road. One of one of the the concerns that I have, especially coming from a, a regulatory background with the cannabis industry, is that right now, as it stands, it's decriminalized here in Denver, but there's no really regulations or there's no safety checks in place, so people can grow their own. Um, They can, you know, consume their own mushrooms, but you can't go to a store and be like, all right, this has been tested Mm -hmm. safe. It doesn't have salmonella. It doesn't have lead poisoning or something like there's mushrooms can, they can collect different nutrients and, you know, if they're not grown properly, they can be pretty harmful. So I feel like the next step is to be able to, as a consumer, purchase mushrooms that, you know, have been tested and that are safe. I feel like it's, it's valuable to the consumer and it's, you know, it's going to help legitimize that in the future. So, um, there's, there's a couple groups, like one of them is Spore here in Denver. Um, Another one is the Denver Mushroom Cooperative. And, you know, we, we meet every so often and talk about these things moving forward. And I feel like it's just a matter of time before, you know, mushrooms will be illegal and people will be able to know exactly what they're getting and be able to, you know, make that clear decision so that if they do want to experience that, um, they'll have like the best quality possible.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I never even really thought about the issue of like heavy metal accumulation or even like salmonella on something. Yeah. And that's probably, I mean, I can't be the only one, I'm sure. I'm sure like after 80% of the population is probably like me of like, I've never even asked that question, never even thought of it. So I could see that being a pretty necessary thing down the road. And I think we're all kind of sitting back, just kind of seeing what's going to happen. I do agree that, you know, psilocybin has a huge medical potential. And I think the FDA is starting to kind of come around to it. And there's some studies being done. And uh, I think the sky really is the limit at this point. Uh, I'm curious though, you know, Tell us about some of the other mushrooms uh, that you cultivate within uh, Fresh From the Farm Fungi and kind of what kind of products you offer to the public.
0: Yeah. So the majority of our product is just fresh mushrooms. So right now we have lion's mane, which is a white fluffy mushroom. It tastes like lobster. So that's one Mm -hmm. of our most popular mushrooms. A lot of um, vegans or people that are allergic to shellfish, they enjoy that because it has like that seafood flavor. So, you know, sometimes we'll make fish tacos out of it or oh, cool. um, it complements a lot of, you know, seafood dishes. So that's that's definitely our most popular. And then we also grow oyster mushrooms, which those are more delicate, kind of a milder flavor. We grow a lot of shiitake mushrooms. That's that's a pretty common one. It's two of my favorite that we are getting into the season of are um, the piopino mm-hmm. and chestnut mushrooms. So that's like a typical um, stem and cap mushroom, but they have like a really unique nutty flavor. So they go really good with salad or just sauteed in butter. And with grilling season, you know, in full swing, we started growing um, king oyster mushrooms, which we actually breed those for the stem. So those are really interesting. You can slice them really thin and throw them on the grill or I'll like to take a cheese grater And kind of grate it up and then mix it with some breadcrumbs and make a nice patty Mm -hmm. so there's so many different recipes out there and every mushroom has its own unique flavors and textures so i recommend you know just trying trying it Mm -hmm. out and see which one you like that's so
2: cool um i know you guys have the farmer's market so people coming to you do they know how to cook with these mushrooms are they looking to you guys for advice
0: yeah. So we do get a lot of chefs actually as our customers. So it's cool because they give me tips and then <laughs> I'll go home and try it. And then you know, I'm like, dang, well, we got to <laughs> add that to the menu. And there's a lot of people that are just interested in trying them too. So I think the easiest way is just sauteing it in butter or oil. But yeah, we, we always have ideas that we're getting from our friends and chefs. And um, it's really fun because it's such a, it's such a new thing, especially in American culture where it's starting to like fuse with all these other food types. And I feel like just over the course of time, it's just going to get more and more refined, Mm -hmm. I feel.
1: I agree. Yeah, it's really kind of coming into the mainstream. Lucy and I have really been incorporating mushrooms more and more in our lifestyle for like the last two years. And we started cooking with them. And then one thing we've kind of been getting more on lately was actually uh, like these mushroom extracts and, and kind of taking oh, yeah. like a daily supplement with different mushrooms and blends and stuff, and that's been fun. I think there's that's not really something that I was aware of. I mean, you hear of like a few things here and there, but you know, you could eat the mushrooms, you could also take a supplement daily with them to support your your health and wellness, and you know, at the same time, you could go with a psilocybin to cure or potentially like really support like a, a much healthier like mental mindset. So it's crazy, kind of how like broad mushrooms really are. And then earlier we talked about the symbiosis with just nature and kind of supporting ecosystems. It's like really profound how kind of broad mushrooms and and how many different things mushrooms kind of touch and are a part of really. I think that's what's cool. Do you kind of use uh, mushrooms for medicinal benefits at all or?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So I take lion's mane every day. Um, I also take cordyceps mushrooms every day. So I recently started growing Cordyceps Militaris Mm -hmm. um, and that one is very finicky um, (laughs) but it has a compound called Cordycepin where it's a mild stimulant so I like to take it as a tea in the morning or if I'm going on like a really long hike to like Longs Peak I'll drink like a bunch of it and then it's it's not as like you know potent as coffee or anything but it's definitely like a sustained energy. So it's becoming really popular with like endurance athletes and rock climbers. A lot of rock climbers will, will buy it from us. So, um, that's one of my favorite medicinal mushrooms, uh, has so many like promising properties to it that, you know, I would just sound crazy, but it's (laughs) supposed to like cure cancer and do all these crazy things. But to me, it's just the energy effect is like it became a part of my daily regimen. And then lion's mane has heresanones, which it promotes nerve growth in your body. So it's healthy for your brain. It's healthy for athletes and people with diabetes that get nerve damage. It can help with that. So yeah, there's, there's so many fundamental properties of mushrooms. And I think we're still, you know, discovering more and more. And I feel like they're they're like nature's vitamins to me. They like, they consolidate all these nutrients into a tiny little fruit and then you eat that. So that has to be good for you.
1: Right. I just think about mushrooms and I think it might've been a a video or a book or something by maybe Paul Stamets or Michael Pollan, one of the two, uh, both two incredible people in the field of mycology. And it's just a lot about how, you know, they've been around for so long that it, I think the collective wisdom that mushrooms contain altogether is probably more than any human could ever aspire to probably contain. And uh, that's just what I think about when anytime I'm consuming consuming mushrooms, I'm like this, you know, organism, this this thing, uh, this kingdom of mushroom has been around longer than probably humans ever can, you know, mm-hmm. think of. And uh, just the amount of just, you know, energy and knowledge and everything that's within that compound is, is mind-blowing. And uh, I like how, you know, you talked about the medicinal benefits and that's not nece- necessarily something you think of when you're eating it, uh, but it also just goes back to show you that how versatile they are is that at the same time you're eating it and enjoying a good flavor or, you know, complementing your lifestyle if you're vegan or vegetarian or something, um, you're able to also still get medicinal benefits that are going to help you kind of live a, a healthier lifestyle. So it's really like an, an all-around great substance.
0: Absolutely. Um, I recommend, you know, eating mushrooms every day and but I've I've also been doing like meatless Mondays too so it's a good alternative to meat which that's you know a whole nother topic mm-hmm. but I feel like yeah it's just a, a it's an important staple to the diet and I feel like it, it can um, provide a lot of nutrients and a small amount of food so yeah um, that's why I love growing them <laughs> That's so
2: cool. You're doing an amazing job. Uh, So where do you see kind of the future of mushrooms here in maybe the next five, 10 years?
0: Yeah. So in the, you know, the the United States, it's just exploding. So I envision, you know, more and more mushroom farms coming up and more innovation. Um, Just following the lead with cannabis, I feel like the efficiencies are going to get a lot better um, for our own company. So we have an exciting project. It's uh it's not a done deal yet, but we actually just clo- we're uh, we're under contract for a property in Golden. So we're mm. going to be scaling up soon and we're really excited about that. It's actually an old <laughs> uh it's an old weed farm too. So nice. it's like it's set up perfectly for mushrooms. It's just going to be, you know, a, a work, um, a lot of work. It's kind of they let it go, so we have our, our work cut out for us, but we're supposed to close on that in about a week and we're really excited and we haven't really told anyone yet, but um, <laughs> it's... Uh, That's exciting. It's, it's coming, yeah. And I feel like it wouldn't be for without all of our customers and, you know, people are just repeatedly coming to the, the farmer's market and it means so much for me to like see our product be, you know, happily consumed by our friends and you know, we've we've built relationships with these chefs and seeing what they can do with our mushrooms and just eating them. And just I feel like it's becoming a, a pivotal part of our food web here. And another project that we're working on, um, which we've actually had some success pretty recently over the past month or so, We started growing oyster mushrooms on spent hemp substrate. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of these hemp farms, especially in like Longmont and up north. And they after they extract their hemp, they just take that the core and kind of throw it out. But as a mushroom farmer, that's like a goldmine because I like hemp. It's kind of a blend between wood and like straw. So it has the flexibility, but it has the high nutrient Mm -hmm. content. Um, so yeah, we've been messing around with that and I'm really excited if I can hook up with one of these hemp farms and essentially I could just grow mushrooms on their waste product. Mm -hmm. And there's also a couple of distilleries in golden that I've reached out to and they have their spent grains that we can grow mushrooms on. So Mm -hmm. it's just going to be exciting as we scale up to be able to help close the loop on some of these, you know, other companies that now they won't have any waste and it's going to be turned into nutritious food and just goes back into the soil. So,
1: (laughs) I love, well, I got to say, you know, what is more Colorado than beer and cannabis? And so now (laughs) if you, if you close the loop with mushrooms, I mean, what the hell could be more Colorado than mushrooms (laughs) at this point? (laughs) Yeah,
0: that that would be amazing. It's like a dream. (laughs) Well, it's
1: cool that you're right in the middle of it, making it happen. And really, when you look at it, I mean, three years in a way since you started Fresh from the Farm Fungi. I mean, that's an incredible amount to accomplish in a short amount of time.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of work, but it's very fun and fulfilling. Some days I'll wake up at like four in the morning, (laughs) pick my mushrooms and go to the farmer's market at seven. And by the end of the day, I'm just so tired. But it's such a good feeling to just be like, ah, all these people we served and just doing it. Again, the next weekend, yep. it's a, uh, it's super fun to watch. It's like, it's very fast for me coming from a cannabis growing background, but it's also um, just soothing, and I, I just enjoy it so much.
2: <laughs> That's like, that's initially why we were attracted to you. Cause we saw your Instagram mm-hmm. and your Instagram was like super lit. Like there was so much going on. I'm like, there's something to this. And then we realized you were in Denver and we're like, that's so cool. Yep. And then we saw that you were going to the Indo uh, Expo or the hemp Expo, I'm sorry. Yep. And we're like, oh, we've got to meet him. Yeah. And
1: yeah, really, we, we went there just to like, check your stuff out. <laughs> just cause I think you've, you've done literally an incredible, an incredible job putting this whole thing together. And then like Lucy's saying, I think what was cool about from our perspective is that you're super informative and you're engaging and there's like an interest, there's a curiosity. And that's what I was, I was curious. And I think you do a great job of just making it like palatable and understandable and then kind of at the same time just showing kind of the work that's involved because anybody who's tried to grow mushrooms like we said at the beginning of this I'm sure you probably failed and uh, I failed and I quit you know and I I haven't done it in a year now and I want to get back going but it's tough you know you got to have the processes and the the mentality and the experience and it's a it's a big thing so you're an inspiration to a lot of people I can tell you that
0: well that means a lot a lot to hear from you guys and I appreciate you letting me tell my story and just spread the word about mushrooms because I really believe in it and I feel like the future is, you know, very bright for, for, you know, mushrooms and cannabis and just, you know, the, the future of agriculture in general is, is really changing. And I feel like the more people who know about it, the more people can bring their expertise and their perspective into the industry. So I welcome anyone who wants to grow mushrooms and we teach classes and we have a YouTube channel and feel free to email me. I'm always a- answering people's questions on my email and I just love spreading the knowledge.
2: It's so cool. Yeah, check them out on Instagram. Also check out their Etsy page. They have lots of really cool offerings on there. If you're not local in Denver, I think maybe Jared and I need to come check out the farmers market. We haven't been to one in a couple of years, so <laughs> That sounds fabulous. I love
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. So if people are wanting to kind of get in touch with you, because you do offer courses, which I know after we've talked about it this much, I think anybody's probably like, I should just sign up for a course. (laughs) How can they find your courses and get in touch?
0: Yeah. So I work with my friend Zach. Um, He's the owner of Mushroom Cult. And right now it's our busy season. So we don't do classes during the summer. But as soon as October rolls around, we'll post our schedule. Um, so we started doing two day classes and we had at one point we were in like a, a venue that could hold like 30 or 40 people. But then with, you know, the whole pandemic and stuff, we had to readjust. So we did a lot more smaller class sizes. So we did a two day class with about four or five people per class. And that, that was a lot um, more more hands on. And I, I feel like I got to really um, coach people with that way so we're still figuring out what we're going to do moving forward but either way we'll we'll be posting a schedule in the fall and then hopefully we'll have you know a, a better place to do it this year now that things are opening up and coming back to life
1: yeah there we go cool we'll hit up the instagram find his etsy what is it fresh fungi on etsy yep and then what's your instagram handle
0: it's fresh from the farm fungi Bam. we're also on uh tiktok and
2: YouTube. Ooh. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There's got
1: to be some cool stuff there too. <laughs> yeah, so right? everybody, go check them yeah. out. Give them a follow.
2: <laughs> All right, that's Gary. Cool. Well, we are the Lit and Lucid podcast. We have one final question for you. Are you lit or are you lucid?
0: Both. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's our yeah. favorite. That's our favorite I'm a, answer. I'm a a golden goat guy. I, I feel like <laughs> that's like the best weed.
1: We just talked about Golden yeah. Goat like in another episode or something out of somewhere. Yeah, it, we love Golden Goat too. It's it literally is like the best all around weed.
0: Pretty, yeah, so I I haven't been able to find any in a while, but that's my favorite. Likewise, mm-hmm. I, hear <laughs> yeah. I hear it's in Pueblo.
1: Yeah, I bought it when I lived in Pueblo, and I can't find it in Denver. But yeah, we might have to start. We might have to like find somebody in Denver and be like, can you just exclusively grow for Gary and us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i don't know if somebody's listening and you grow golden goat in the denver area shoot us an email
0: yeah let us we'll know i would support that <laughs> <laughs> i love it all cool. right
2: gary well thanks so much for sharing your knowledge this was a super fun episode i'm sure our listeners learned a ton about mushrooms and i think it's probably going to get them a little bit more excited about the movement moving forward
1: i agree yeah all we right. appreciate it man and uh, we will be following up for sure to keep it keep track of this journey it's incredible
0: all right well thank you so much and um Like I always like to say to everyone in the mushroom community, mush love.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Mush love.
2: Oh my gosh. Well, Gary, with that, I'm lit.
1: I'm lucid. And that's it. Laters. (laughs)